Hey everyone, welcome back to the Dadcore Cinema Club. It's a podcast about the cable classics, the middle-brow masterpieces. Those movies that never stop teaching you brand new things you don't remember about American history. True facts. True facts. In these movies, you can learn something. I'm your host as always, Brandon. Joining me, as always, is Charlie. What's up? Listeners, if you were listening last week, you heard us talk about Death Race 2000. Go listen to that, if you haven't. It's cool. You can watch the movie on Tubi. Why not? This week, however, we are joined by Michael Chow, Twitter's own Michael Chow. Hey, Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Real pleasure Thanks to be here. Thanks for coming. Yeah, of course. What movie did you bring? Uh, so I brought uh, 2000's The Patriot. Uh, Roland, uh, 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 Roland Emmerich, right, is the name? Am I getting That's that wrong? Right, yeah. yeah. Roland yeah, Emmerich's uh, movie uh, starring uh, Mr. Mel Gibson himself. Uh, I think it's a cool movie. <laughs> it's as like, it's as cable classic-y as they come. I think Absolutely. like, uh, Charlie, we were talking before the podcast. You said that this is a movie that if you're like a programmer at a, like a cable network, it's like your best friend because you can program <laughs> this and you have a full day of programming because it's yeah. like three hours long. Yep. With commercials, this is like a four hour block. Of TV. <laughs> yeah, it's a like perfect movie day. you can just like kind of tune in and out of. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I think of it as being this cable movie and like this movie that I saw in like in school, which I know yeah. a lot of other people that I've talked to have said that they also watched it in school. But it's yeah, I watched it like uh like after like oh well, I watched it like in theaters, but also like we watched it after like an APUS test, which is like yeah. really funny. <laughs> I mean, it's not the movie that I had in my head. It's sure so much more violent and oh, like yeah. weird <laughs> than it's how like I remember. Yeah, it's like every twenty minutes, there's a new guy getting split in half. Yeah, by a yeah. There's a new child being murdered every half hour. <laughs> yeah, it's my I favorite just... pro-child soldiers movie. <laughs> like it's kind of like an exploitation movie because it's like mostly mm-hmm. like a revenge thriller more than there's like any sort of like patriotic statement. <laughs> it's so jarring though because it does like it has all that going on. Sure. But it's also like shot like Remember the Titans and it does have this like cozy Sunday afternoon feel to the whole thing. Yeah. There's Very a lot of like su- like there's like sun shining down on like flags and stuff like that. But mm. you got you get to watch Mel just like chopping up dudes with a hatchet. <laughs> you know, you said it was violent and like exploitative, but I had to like think for a second and remember why. Because in in just my memory, like this movie, even though I just watched it earlier today, is like it's it's sun rays coming through windows. It's guys yeah. looking out at a battlefield from a distance as like yeah. plumes of smoke go up. It's these like portraits. It's mm-hmm. of like Americana. Yeah. But actually between all of those, it is an incredibly, incredibly violent movie with yeah. like the most cartoonishly evil villains. Oh ever. yeah. They're like basically Nazis, even though they're like British guys. Yeah. I mean, they do come and see stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, they do come and see a town. <laughs> the first half is like a lot more restrained, or not the first half. Like the first, like I don't know, thirty forty minutes are like pretty restrained. I think. Yeah, it does. It does open though on like an idyllic plantation setting. Yeah, it's very weird. It like opens like <laughs> Song of the South or something. Where like, well, oh, it's these fine. Are... They're not slaves. They do. Yeah, they they do. Do. Oh, okay. There's the whole scene where Jason Isaac's like, "You're free," and the guy's like, "Actually, 
uh, we're working for the only non-slave owning South Carolinian uh, in the state. So we're fine. We're just we're just friends. We're, we're working. Which is like the us. funniest way to frame like Mel Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> and it happens so late. It, it happens like 40 minutes into the movie. So like until then, yeah. you're just sitting with this like. Do these people like have a bunch of happy, friendly slaves at their house? <laughs> he's like commanding, I mean, and he's commanding them. He's not yeah. talking to them like equals. He's like, "Hey, no. take this, put it over the other side of the room." Or yeah. like he's working on the chair, and one of like his his uh, workers is just like watching him, and they look like they're like afraid, like they're waiting for him to get angry, and he does get angry. He br- his chair fucks up, and he throws it into his chair collection at the other side of the room. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like forty minutes later, they finally go. Don't worry. <laughs> Mel Gibson, not a slave owner. Rest of the characters, who can say? Yeah. The race relations in the movies are, like, very strange. There's, like, Donald Logue's mm-hmm. character, who's, like, very racist. Yeah, his whole little arc is <laughs> him becoming friends with a freed black... Or not a freed guy, a guy, a black guy that has a been impressed like into... A guy that's, fighting for his freedom. Yeah, he's been impressed into service by his owner, who... Yeah. I rewound it a couple times, still could not tell. I'm pretty sure it says the N-word... Which I did not remember from like my school viewings. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Very, I didn't catch yeah, that. A lot of weird. I don't think I did either, actually. A lot of weird uh, shit. But I, I would say that like Donald Logue and that guy's relationship is very much Gimli and Legolas, though. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Because yeah, they're like button heads. I never thought I'd be friend with, uh, friends with a freed bla- uh, yeah. black man. <laughs> never thought I'd fight side by side with a slave. <laughs> never thought I'd fight side friend. by side with a racist. <laughs> God damn. But yeah, it is all shot really like it all looks like paintings that would be hanging in like uh uh the like original state house in Philadelphia or whatever. They're all <laughs> just like uh it was this I had no idea. It was shot by uh Caleb Deschanel, father of Oh yeah. the actresses. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Emily and Zoe. I I didn't know that is they were Is he like a major uh cinematographer? He's been nominated for like 6 Oscars, but never oh, won shit. one. He sure. He shot Passion of the Christ, though, after this. Mel was oh, like, so like, I gotta get this guy. guy. Yeah. Wait, that's actually crazy. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's really funny. This movie's beautiful. Yeah, it's oh, like a really Welsh... It's it's a like kind of a prestige movie, even though it's like gets really like B-movie in parts, but it is like very like prestige in a lot of it. I mean, that's the Emmerich zone. Sure. Mm-hmm. Dressing up this schlock... So would you, I, I, I was like talking about this with friends. This is like probably like Roland Emmerich's best movie, right? I think it depends on what you want from. Sure. I mean, I know a lot of people would say Independence Day. Sure. I mean, that's a classic. I'm a big uh, Day After Tomorrow guy, personally. Okay. Yeah. I, I have a weird one. It's it's either this for me or it's White House Down. I'm a big White House Down. Oh, that movie is cool. <laughs> you know, that movie is funny. It's a good diehard like Fox and... um. Uh, Tatum are uh, like on, yeah. and you get like James Woods trying to kill the Obama president, which like mm-hmm. he's probably just like, um, <laughs> I know how to play this. <laughs> and you've got the I don't remember his name, the guy who makes who plays one of the McPoyles on Always Sunny as <laughs> oh, like sure. the, as the hotshot yeah. hacker, the yeah. Westworld guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Another That's thing I noticed after Caleb Deschanel in the credits, they got John Williams for this thing. Yeah, and then you know what? Incredible score. Ass. I think it's a yeah. great score. The score is doing a lot of heavy lifting, I think. Yeah. The like darker like uh Benjamin Martin like theme is like really good. Yeah, the dark Benjamin Martin. We didn't mention, yeah. but even before the like tranquil idyllic plantation opening, there's a little like epilogue where he mm. gives like an unforgiven type quote to start <laughs> off the movie. 
Yeah. I, I mean, he is basically unforgiven. Yeah. He, he is, he is where your like money. A, he's like a major, like, war criminal. Like, he, like, butchered these, like, Native Americans. Yeah. He's got, and, like, a John Wick case in his bedroom. Yeah. He's yeah, waiting he, to, to be back. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> swore off violence, and then they, like, they kill his sons, and the man is back. Dude, yeah, he goes, he's a switch flips and he goes from like i will do anything to protect my family to i'm gonna give my six-year-old son a giant fucking gun and we're gonna go kill (laughs) some people together it's like so cool that like he and his two sons wipe out like 20 guys Mm -hmm. yeah it's the best yeah it's like that scene of all time (laughs) it's incredible yeah like he is he has he has a he has a rifle in his hand. He has another yeah. rifle at another tree and he's running back and forth to like yeah. overwhelm with odds except as one person while his kids do it. <laughs> There's a moment where his kids are firing, so he just jumps out and just yells and goes, Ah to distract <laughs> the British so his kids can kill him. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of sons. Yeah. So fun fact about the sons, they were gonna give the so in the movie, when they cast Mel Gibson, they decided to make it six sons instead of what it was in the original script to match how many kids Mel Gibson had to signal oh, really? to the studio, we want Gibson. Then Gibson had a seventh son. So they wrote a seventh son into the movie. Wow. <laughs> so that it could also, again, match the number of kids he had in real life. That's so funny. Well, it was part of I the do- screenwriter's pitch to the studio. We need Mel. It's the same yeah. number of kids. I feel like there are like a lot of Mel connections. Like he's a very like, he's a man of faith. It opens with him like, He's like a carpenter, just like uh, his man, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a bad carpenter. He's a bad carpenter. He's not, he's, he's humble. He's like not as good as his, not as good as this guy. It's a good little comedy bit when he sits down on the chair and it just breaks yeah. and he falls to the ground. Yeah, he's making like yeah. a balsa wood chair. Mm-hmm. I like the bit later where he's like at like Tom Wilkinson's place and he like, he's gonna like, oh, uh, this chair looks pretty good. Uh, <laughs> how did he make a chair so good? Yeah, I wrote down chair envy in my notes. <laughs> yeah. This man's all about his chairs. Middle of war, he's in the yeah. enemy's headquarters. He's like, you know, how'd this guy do this? How do you make yeah. this chair? It's like actually, I, like a, I think it's like a fun, like quirky, yeah. like character detail. The only thing the movie's missing is it needs a note at the end where like he mm. finally does build a chair that's good. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that should have been like the final scene. Actually, like it's him building a chair and he like sits on it and he's like finally like he's serene. That's the comedic post credits. If like Marvel <laughs> makes this movie, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple things that don't like. It felt to me like pretty big things that just never pay off hmm. at the end of the movie. Uh, uh, like which, we, which things? Uh, well, one the the like loyalist Wilkins. You like hmm. never see him getting any comeuppance. He just kind of disappears. From the oh, movie. Uh, Adam Baldwin's character, right? Adam Baldwin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he had to go off. He he went off to like found Gamergate. That's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the, of the movie. My roommate and I were joking about like, oh, like it'd be like so funny if like Adam Baldwin just like can't stand to be this like anti-American guy and is like probably <laughs> crying before every scene. He just quit the movie. He had more scenes, but <laughs> yeah. left. It is incredibly funny that he is the turncoat of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> probably took a toll on his like emotional health. That's why you doubled down in real life. You're so ashamed <laughs> yeah. of the Patriot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Mark Wahlberg and Boogie Nights. He's <laughs> He's the only non-traitor in the movie, I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's the only one that stays loyal to the crown at all <laughs> sure, costs. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, one of uh, the youngest son is a uh, Logan Lerman. Which, oh, which kid? The very littlest one that's always with the girl kids. 
Oh, is it the one see, that's like a psychopath who like makes a like weird like joke about them all being like assaulted? Yeah, the the British are fighting outside, and he said they're having dinner, and he says they're probably going to kill the men, and he looks at yeah. his sister and says, "God knows what they'll do to the women." Yeah, yeah it's no, which is insane because yeah. he's like a six year old joking about his sister getting raped. Yeah. yeah, no, that's the Jurassic Park three kid though. That's like uh, what okay. is you know what is Mel teaching his kids? You can't teach your kid to respect women, Mel. Yeah, yeah. But I did know this puts it at two movies in three weeks that we've done where uh, Logan Lerman and Jason Isaacs are in in the same movie after Fury. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I was trying to remember where I saw him recently. Yeah, it was Fury. So if anyone wants to do a Lerman Isaacs double feature, you got the uh, Patriot Isaacs and Fury? Fury. Who is he in uh, Fury? He's like, He's like a random uh, ally general. Guy. Okay, sure. Yeah. He's in like, I think, one scene maybe. Mm. I think he's in two scenes. Mm-hmm. He's doing like he a New like York orders, guy. He's minor character. Is he a British guy? No, he's like a bo- he's like a Brooklyn guy. Oh, weird. He's doing an accent. Yeah, he's not doing his typical Lucius Malfoy thing that he's doing. Sure. In this movie. Dude, he's so fucking funny in this movie. <laughs> a cartoon villain in oh, yeah. those. Oh yeah, no, he's like uh, he's the equivalent of like the Ray Stevens in RRR this year. Yeah. which like if you watch rrr and you're like wow that's the most cartoonish british evil guy i've ever seen yeah. jason isaacs you know might be more cartoonishly evil mm-hmm. uh in this movie this movie might be more unfair to the british than rrr which is like stiff competition well apparently like england was like really mad at the patriot which is like so funny because like yeah. they're like they're their their history is like greatest villain in england <laughs> there's an entire section of wikipedia about how mad they were <laughs> Like, oh, we've done a lot of shit. We haven't done this, though. <laughs> I was trying to find, like, I was trying to look at reviews for the movie. But if you just type, like, the Patriot review into Google or YouTube, mm-hmm. it's just a ton of people getting very mad about how historically inaccurate it is. Mm-hmm. It's, like, hard to find someone talking about the movie and not people talking about how it's historically wrong. That was my experience. I couldn't find a single review on YouTube that wasn't just... Uh, this is the most historically inaccurate movie I've ever seen. Where real historians watch The Patriot. I think it's like, like the history stuff is obviously like bullshit, but also like who gives a shit? It's like a fun revenge movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we haven't really set it up. The movie is about Mel Gibson bravehearting essentially in yeah. the US. He's a guy, he lives on a plantation outside of Charlestown. He has a million sons, he's a widower. And the Revolutionary War is starting. Mm-hmm. And he's got one of his sons. His oldest son is Heath Ledger, who yeah. is just, God, it's hard to remember. Like, it's hard to even think. And remember in 2008, people were like, we're mad at Heath Ledger being cast as the Joker. But yeah. like, God, this guy just had it like immediately. Like, no, he's a The good Patriot's actor. one of his great early actor. movies. And it's, he's, he's great. The second mm-hmm. oldest son is the kid from Small Soldiers. I just needed to mention that whole movie. I kept mm-hmm. looking. I'm like, that's the kid from Small Soldiers. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. The one, who, the one who like gets like killed, right? Yeah, I clocked mm-hmm. him as sport from Harriet the Spy. Okay. Mm-mm. See, I'm just like that's the guy who 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 defeated the evil American soldiers in Small Soldiers. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, he gets capped early on. Pretty much the inciting yeah. incident oh, yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mel does not want to go to war. Like the the yeah. defining characteristic of Mel in this movie is like early on he takes his kids to Charlestown. South Carolina, again, only South Carolinian who does not have slaves, uh, goes to South, goes to Charlestown and is hanging out. Uh, they go to like a meeting of like leaders in the community that are talking about going to war. 
Mm. I thought it was really funny that the guy who's riling people up was going like, I lost my leg in the French and Indian War, and what did I get for it? The British take my other leg with taxes. Uh, good old American uh, <laughs> anti-taxation values. Uh, well, they know that it's Yamel- like not enough, so they have to like make the British like extra evil. <laughs> so Yamel doesn't want to go to war. He says, like, I'm a parent now. I can't go to war. Yeah. While like Chris Cooper's like, come on, man. Yeah. But like his whole defining, he doesn't, he, he like refuses to go to war, but everyone I think votes to go to war. And there's like a cool celebration in town where guys yeah. are just firing their guns into the air. <laughs> the whole time I kept thinking like they didn't fire that, like guns weren't that good back then. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you fired in the air would have come down pretty quickly. Oh, certainly. I would have been out of the way, man. I just don't, yeah. I wouldn't fire my gun, especially <laughs> don't do it now. I wouldn't especially don't, wouldn't have done it with musket. <laughs> I was thinking that we don't burn people in effigy enough anymore. Oh Yeah. Uh, it's always a mean thing when people do it now. We don't do it in celebration <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, we should be burning the queen in effigy right now. Yeah. Out of respect. Oh, yeah. A, are you going to mention that the today yeah. is like the day? We are recording. Yeah, we are recording day. this the day the queen died. Yeah, it's uh, the funniest accident. possible day to record a Patriot podcast. <laughs> this, this is our usual day of recording, and we scheduled this particular uh, movie weeks ago. Uh, the queen did us a favor. Uh, for promotion, you had a deal with the British uh, monarchy uh, for promoting the podcast. We did pay them a bunch, uh, and they finally announced it today. Like kind of a stroke of luck, I think. Mm-hmm. Like you were yeah, handed this thing by like God himself. <laughs> she, she couldn't handle the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, she knew it was coming. She's like, ah, she's I don't want to hear this. She fan. saw me post the promo uh, screenshots yesterday and went. <laughs> I am not sticking around for this. <laughs> I think, uh, or I wonder if Heath and Mel did any reminiscing about being two Australian guys playing American. Oh yeah, it's guys. like oh, yeah. so funny that the two leads are like two Australian. Guys. <laughs> uh, it's it's the big Australian invasion movie, really. Like, yeah. the, the interesting thing about Mel, uh, and it's like the main thing I've been thinking about Mel since we agreed on this episode. Sure. Um, he is fascinating because he is like the world's most American Australian. Like yeah. he did Mad Max trilogy mm-hmm. or the first three movies, which are extremely Australian movies. Sure. Uh, like yeah, the definitely. George Miller, a very Australian director uh, oh, yeah. that those movies obsession with cars is a very Australian type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then very quickly became one of the biggest stars in the world and went to Hollywood and mm-hmm. just be just like became American for yeah. all intents and purposes. Does not have an accent. Does yeah. movies well, that are as American as possible. The Patriot is like, wasn't he born in the U.S.? Yeah, Incredibly I think he's like American technically movie. like actually American. Oh, yeah. is he like a dual guy? Yeah, I think yeah. he just like spent a bulk of his childhood in Australian, but I think he's mostly American. I think he was, oh, yeah, born, he was born here, in New York, apparently. and then his like Nazi dad like took him back to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> but he grew up there. Like most of his life was Australia, right? Yeah, most of his life is Australia, yeah. for sure. I mean, he's, you like, don't get to say I'll drive the tanker if you're yeah. not Australian. But it is like it, you're right that it's like crazy that he like totally like lost that accent. Like he he starts his career as a very Australian performer, and then very quickly when he comes to the U.S. becomes like the number one American star who like does explicitly like very American works. Yeah, like The Patriot is like ex- like I mean it's The Patriot. It's like one of yeah. the most extremely American. We are celebrating the origins of this country and vilifying its villains. 
uh, movies. Is that like a the foreigner stars. that like takes over like, like enough? Because like, Roland Emmerich is like a German guy that like constantly yeah. makes like very American movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, yeah, it's a very similar in. thing too. Yeah, because like Roland Emmerich, he made like weird German movies and then became just like the prototypical American blockbuster director of the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Brandon about this a little bit, not on the show that there was like a handful of guys in like the late eighties that kind of Mm -hmm. like established themselves in other countries and other parts of the world. And then like kind of came over during the tail end of new Hollywood and then just ended up Mm -hmm. directing like very middle brow, uh, like American blockbuster movies. Mm -hmm. Like Wolfgang Peterson was the one I think that sparked oh, that discussion. Mm-hmm. Who like Verhoeven's goes from making like an interesting example, yeah. I think. Yeah, Milos Forman, uh, sure. Weir from Australia. Mm. Yeah, I don't have any bigger thought behind that. It just no. was something. It, that it was is a fascinating trend. Um, yeah, where you have like some directors that just like completely assimilate within mm. uh, like the U.S. Hollywood machine and just become indistinguishable in terms of the not necessarily the style, because I mean, obviously like they're bringing in a, their own sense that they formed from where they were before but become like indistinguishable in terms of theme and type of movie mm-hmm. that they're making from like the hollywood machine uh yeah well also obviously emmerich has his own personal style but yeah the patriot is is like you'd be hard like if you if you asked like a random person who doesn't know who emmerich is like mm-hmm. who like like what nationality is the director of the patriot who's gonna guess like oh it's a guy who was directing west german films yeah he like he almost like exclusively only makes like very patriotic movies. Like he did Independence mm-hmm. Day. Yeah. He did White House Down. Yes. God's like, he's not Verhoeven where he's like doing like subversions of it. Like he's like a very like down the middle, like American like director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leaned fully in. Yeah, he like made Universal Soldier and then just went, I'm in. I, yeah. I am the world's most American blockbuster director. Which like maybe that's how you feel if you like make it in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's more American than that? Yeah. In a sense. Yeah, he's got the immigrant story. That's interesting. And Rick's also interesting in, in a completely different topic, but I think he's the first gay director we've talked about. Oh, is, he, is interesting he's gay? Thing. Yeah, he's openly gay and has been for oh, a long time. Yeah, like that's interesting to me because he mm. doesn't, to my memory, and I don't think I've seen every Emmerich movie, but oh, actually, I don't he did think like he did like a Stonewall movie, didn't he? I forgot about it. I was going to say he Whoa. doesn't usually put it in his movies, but I forgot he did a Stonewall mm. movie. A couple years ago. Is that like Not his only like that's the only like time he's ever like ever like been open about that, right? Yeah, I think so. Because like I was thinking him compared to and this is like a this guy's a bad guy, but like Brian Singer sure. is a, a blockbuster director who is gay. Yeah. But sure. when he made superhero movies, his X-Men yeah. movies changed the analogy of mutants. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the comics they were like a civil rights analogy, and mm-hmm. in his movie, he made them uh an al- analogy for like homosexuality. Yeah. There's a scene like, where like a, 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 the mom asks Iceman, have you ever tried not being a mutant, which is like mm-hmm. an explicitly, have you ever tried not being gay allegory? Yeah. But like Emmerich doesn't do that kind of thing with his movies. It's always been mm-hmm. a kind of an interesting thing to me. He is like, uh, I've thought of, I've said recently, like he's the inverse Taika Waititi. He's actually gay, <laughs> but he makes very straight movies. Yeah. Cause generally I don't think there's like almost any gay characters in the movies. Not off the top of my head. Yeah, maybe there's a Stonewall there's some, movie, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen Independence Day 2. I don't sure. know what's in that. I think it's like, I, I remember I saw that. That It's pretty like, it's just like heterosexual people. Going over to your girlfriend's house and getting sewn into a bag. That's pretty gay. 
That is. Right? <laughs> That's like a real thing. I had to look it up. I'm like, so yeah, Ledger goes to girlfriend. They sew him into the bag. Yeah. I had to look that up. That's real. That's weird. That was like a chastity thing, I yeah. guess. Bizarre. Why not just not let them come over? That dad's a weirdo. He's like, li- he's using his dad. like ear horn to like listen in to see if they're like fucking. Well, like, I well he's doing that. dad bits well, with the ear horn that? though. Whole movie, he's doing dad bits with the ear horn. He's like pretending yeah. not to hear people so he can fuck yeah. with them. That's like classic dad move. Pretty though. good bit, actually. I want, I, you yeah. know, I'd love an ear horn to be yeah. honest. There's a very weird throwaway line where he's doing the ear horn thing, and his wife is like, "Don't worry, I'm a lot better sewer than my mother was." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I hope so." <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> implication that they like ripped their bag apart. And went at it. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go back. Let's get back to doing uh, whatever that was called. <laughs> You gotta, you know, you can Bundling. just sleep over with your girlfriend, but you gotta get someone into the bed. Look, the the tension is like kind of everything. Yeah, it's really funny to like not really give a shit about like the historical accuracy of pretty much mm-hmm. all of this movie, but then throw in this weird esoterica of like bundling <laughs> into a scene. It is it's really interesting how quickly Mel Gibson just goes back to doing a Braveheart movie after Braveheart. Yeah. I think it's better than Braveheart, though. That's like my Damn, hot take on this movie. Really? I, think I haven't like seen Braveheart in, in ages, but I think that's my that's what my gut tells me. Yeah, man. Wait, maybe I just love America so much. Crazy you know? for that. I think the action is better in this movie. I think Mel's like doing a better performance in The Patriot. I just think cannons are cool. That's all. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. There's no there's no major beheadings in a Braveheart. Man, yeah, there's no Brave- cannons in Braveheart. There's no like muskets yeah. going off and plumes of smoke. Uh, Braveheart makes so, battle seem so cool. So much gnarlier and nastier than like the Patriot is violent. Braveheart yeah. is like disgusting. <laughs> I feel like the like I feel like the battle choreography is better in the Patriot though. It definitely feels like grander and more epic. The Patriot yeah. does. And I don't think there's a better scene in the. I don't think any scene in the Braveheart is better than like the hatchet scene, in, the tomahawk <laughs> scene, and the Patriot. <laughs> that's like kind of like the best scene <laughs> when he's saving his kid and he just like goes fucking ham on these dudes close yeah. quarters combat oh yeah it's the coolest shit oh my god i think the thing with the like traitor guy in braveheart deciding to mm-hmm. like uh, ally with the king of england is like way more interestingly handled than the mm. shitty royalist oh, guy sure. in this yeah. movie i like, like that I'm trying to think. I was thinking during the movie that there were some other like one-to-one things that I like think well, are a little more Braveheart interesting again. than Braveheart. Yeah, it's American Braveheart. What, what's interesting about that is that like Mel made Mel directed Braveheart. What's interesting about the rip he to get is that he let someone else direct mm-hmm. his Braveheart copycat. Yeah, well, that man hates just doing the, himself. the English. He really hates the English. Possibly mm-hmm. even more than he hates a certain other demographic of people. <laughs> Like, I like to think that the screenwriter was, like, consciously doing Braveheart again. I think so. Wrote, wrote him as a widower and then was like, oh, fuck, if his wife is dead, who do we... We gotta kill somebody to get him back into the war. And that's how the little kid getting shot bit ended up sure. in the movie. Yeah, sure. I love... Um, It's called The Patriot, but he's not really a patriot. No, it has, like, nothing like, to do with, like, being a patriot. Like, the second they leave Charlestown... Um, yeah. Uh, they have this like really good transition where it's the town. They show like the watchtower and then all the ships in port, which like incredible sets. Like the, when they're walking through town, when they go into town, just all those ships, it just 
it, every dollar's on screen. But when they leave, it's just this wide shot, all these ships at port, and then it just like transitions to all the ships away from port, and mm-hmm. the town's been occupied. It's just like this quick transition of we see the town change into this occupation, and then we cut to mm-hmm. Mel, and he's just like he's on his farm chilling, hanging out, yeah, being being cool. Yeah, they do. That's one of the points where like it. Every so often in the movie, they'll have a character write a letter so that they can do some voiceover narration to like <laughs> skip us through some time, which I don't mind. I like that. It's effective. There's like an interesting angle where like it's not a very patriotic movie, but there is like something to like a war is like not personal until like it hits your home. And that's like mm-hmm. kind of what the movie's about. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny that it like kind of plays at these grander ideas of like you know staying true to the cause and like what america can be or whatever but then the mm-hmm. the whole movie actually is driving it's just a revenge story, yeah it's really, really. A revenge like, movie. it just boils the entire thing down to like a personal vendetta yeah that's why clint eastwood didn't do it by the way apparently he was in they wanted oh, wait, him for what? the main character yeah they Whoa. wanted they wanted clint to play the main character but he oh, said shit. no Whoa. because he thought it boiled down the war to just mm. a revenge story Whereas wow. the war was a broader story of like ideals. So Clint wouldn't sure. do it. So That's maybe they, crazy. That's interesting. Like them tapping Clint for it really makes me think that someone just like put the scripts to Unforgiven and Braveheart in a blender and just like. <laughs> yeah. Do you oh, think yeah. they, they wrote it more Unforgiven like? And then when he said no, they're like, well, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Braveheart now. <laughs> went back and rewrote it apparently i think it went through like a, a ton of rewrites sure. uh the wiki said it was like a dozen rewrites or something crazy like yeah. that it was insane um, yeah so i do th- I, I i now believe in my mind that they did write unforgiven and then they went braveheart yeah no because it really does follow like his arc where like he originally he's like a pacifist he like does mm-hmm. not he wants to escape his like very like dark like origin story but then he like falls back into it uh, the scene where he falls back into it is incredible. Oh, yeah. Because he has that, like, he has the chest with his, like, the movie opens looking at his John Wick chest. It's the tomahawk yeah. and his uniform. And he closes, so stores it away. And then it comes back in because his kid puts on the outfit. But then his, like, home gets set on fire after they, mm-hmm. the British come in. They attack him because he was, like, helping American soldiers. Even though he was, like, playing neutral. He was, playing, he was, he was healing both sides, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, they were having a battle on like his front lawn, which I think is yeah. rude. Yeah. Like just go yeah. a, a few feet up the road. This is my yeah, house. Please go away. I'm a neutral, don't you see? The movie does like a really good job actually of like, oh, like how scary it'd be to like have like a war like right down the street. <laughs> I like that he tells his kids like they're far off, like they'll ignore us. And yeah. I, while knowing they're right outside, because a scene later he's on mm-hmm. his front porch watching them yeah. and they're like in his driveway equivalent. They're just like, <laughs> there's just like the night sky is lit up by muzzle flashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful looking. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, it's just like he's, it's, it's right there in front of him. But then his house like heals all the guys after the battle and the mm. British come walking through the cornfields like field of dreams, except evil. Well, Heath Ledger <laughs> was there too in the battle and he walks into his house and his dad almost just domes him immediately. <laughs> yeah. That relationship is, like, really good, I think. I think all the family mm-hmm. dynamics are, like, pretty good. Dude, I definitely agree with you that, like, Mel Gibson is very good in this movie. He's, he's great. Yeah. Him, and, him and Heath are really, really good. Say what you will about the man, but uh, he's a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> he's good to look at on the screen. Yeah. What bad things would you say about him? 
<laughs> you know what? Uh, you know what? Did nothing wrong. Good man. <laughs> you know, the I didn't think of one. Nuggets <laughs> really like spending so much time in the U.S. and Australia. He really made it so that neither had to claim him when he had his <laughs> meltdown. <laughs> A stateless guy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? He really spared us. Yeah, he's, he's not one of us. Problem. Yeah. yeah. Talk to fucking. Uh... Talk to Australia about that. It's not my problem. But I do think he like really nails like all the beats in it. He has some really, he just has some very affecting scenes with his little daughter, Susan. You know, like, oh, doesn't yeah. Talk at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. The scene where like she, he's leaving and like she like is still not talking to him. That scene is like actually like very moving. <laughs> yeah, man. The whole time though, I was just thinking, because it's like later in the movie she hasn't been talking and she's like running after him and she's like i'll say whatever you want please don't go yeah i was just like after watching the rehearsal i was just like man what did they do to this little girl to like make her cry <laughs> like that like <laughs> i just can't not think about child actors like that now yeah. i guess yeah she bonded with mel she loves mel <laughs> This is the one child actor that had a good experience. It's fine. She knew what acting was. Her mom made sure she knew what acting was. It's good. <laughs> no, it seems like actually like it's a really good scene. Yeah, when the British walk up though, they just immediately start like war criming everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's because there's there's a one guy who walks up and goes, "Thank you for helping our soldiers," mm-hmm. and he's like really nice. And then Jason Isaacs comes in and he has like yeah. a villain theme. Yeah. <laughs> so the John John Williams gives him his own imperial march. He pops up and he goes, "Kill everyone." Also, burn down the house because they helped Allied soldiers. Which yeah. is like, oh yeah, he welcome to the evil guy. This is your villain. What's cool though is that like the nice guy, like he like kind of just lets it happen. He's like mm-hmm. the first guy to go when like Mel goes ape shit. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, he like deserves it for like just following orders, being British. Yeah, for being British. Being British. That's what you get. <laughs> too, too polite. Here. I'm just too polite to interject when injured, wounded people are getting gunned down in the front yard. Yeah. I mean, if Jason Isaacs commanded it, I'd be scared too. Oh, yeah. Man, Jason Isaacs is like incredible in this movie. He shoots Mel Gibson's little son and then is just like, stupid mm. boy. Yeah. No, this man is just full of hate and is like willing to like sacrifice his whole reputation just to be like the worst yeah. guy in the world he loves it and when he kills the kid like he gets blood all over the kid's warhammer miniatures <laughs> yep. he's carrying with him the whole time <laughs> i i think the dynamic between him and wilkinson works really well too mm-hmm. where he's like oh you murdering all these children is making me look bad but if it's what we have to do to win, I guess go yeah. go ahead. Does he like make the deal where he's like, "I'm fine with being the worst, but you just have to like make sure I'm like I can like have like a good life in America." And I, I like know I, I'm like, never gonna be able to come back home again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He makes him be. He makes him like uh, give him you know kingship over Ohio if he yeah. keeps uh, murdering kids. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna be the king of Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Mel was there to stop him, so I get to live in Ohio still. Very, very happy. I was very tense in that moment. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, shit, if Jason Isaacs wins, I don't know what's going to happen to my apartment. <laughs> Fuck. I think that was a little thing that like I didn't necessarily love about it. It's mm-hmm. just like, I don't really know why 
you establish that it's like a necessary tactic for him to be like an evil fucker that kills everyone. Mm. If you're also going to have the character just like unapologetically enjoy being like an evil monster. Well, what I like about it, I think like it tries to separate him as like, oh, he's not gentlemanly like the English army. Because like his commander tells him, you can't do this. You're reflecting poorly on me. And the guy's like, my family doesn't have any honor. I'm a dipshit because I like to be. Mm. I got, I'm winning wars for you. I'm 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 the Vic Mackey of Britain. I'm you know <laughs> I get, get results. Yeah. Um, but I think like they're trying to distance like oh Jason Isaacs isn't like he's not every British soldier. He's just mm. he's just like the worst one. Yeah, because like otherwise they're just like marching in a straight line <laughs> and like firing at. Yeah, I just think him enjoying it so much kind of uncomplicates mm. uh, a mm. like necessary. Oh yeah, he is not. Evil. He has no complicated feeling for what he's doing. <laughs> he is yeah. the world's most evil man. He loves it. It is like he loves killing like an, kids. It's like an interesting counter to like because like Mel like seems to be like the first guy to like discover like guerrilla fighting. Yeah, <laughs> he's the first person to discover lying. He's he invented yeah. lying. And so <laughs> yeah. everyone's movies like oh shit yeah he's we should trust him and then every single yeah. time he's lying yeah well he's but like, like kind of equals and just like being like passionate about like hating this like other group of people yeah i mean heath ledger has to be the one that's like hey stop killing these surrendering people like yeah. Mel gibson's like hadn't considered that yet <laughs> yeah that's yeah, like the only time yeah yeah, they, they they recruit two different groups and Mel recruits like the guys at the bar and uh, Heath recruits like churchgoers and the first time they go to battle the churchgoers like wait a minute bar guys you can't just like kill surrendering soldiers yeah well the church people that Heath Ledger recruits they don't even want to go at first and get chastised by like his girlfriend but all the bar people He's like, they're like, hey, do you want to come join? And the one guy's like, yeah, are you paying for scalps this time? They're just like <laughs> down from the get go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like characters from like Blood Meridian or something. <laughs> I mean, you you have the Tom Nuttall from Deadwood popping yeah. up and he to kill people. I do like, I think it's like interesting that this happens. Like, oh yeah, like the like wars are won by like these the like people. rancid hicks yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and mel makes the point that like the people he recruited from the bar are perfect because they fought in the french and indian war which yeah. makes them like guys who have fought war before so they're mm. perfect they're the worst people ever and yeah. they have no qualms with killing innocents but mm. uh we're gonna win this war against the british yeah this movie is also just like very into ch- violent children because mm-hmm. like the Tom Nuttall guy, his son comes up and is oh, like, yeah. "I want to red coats," and he's like, "Oh, not yet." <laughs> it's like so funny because you like watch the war that they're like in. It's like it looks so miserable. You're just like marching with like a whole group of people ahead, and it's like it's like have people like fire into you, and you firing back as you like stare people dead in the eye. <laughs> Man, I just remembered that there's that scene where like after the crazy tomahawk scene where he has his two mm-hmm. sons like murdering a bunch of people the kid is like in bed and he's like oh don't worry you only did what i told you to do you didn't do anything wrong and the kid's like oh no i'm glad i killed those guys (laughs) (laughs) he learned early yeah it's like very funny like how like bloodthirsty this whole movie (laughs) is more than like anything else when all you have is a son you know yeah 
I I also really like the like super on the nose visual metaphor that they keep doing of Mel melting down the toys into bullets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he melts like guys his little uh, war game miniatures. For like and, ten soldiers. Into bullets. Yeah. yeah that stuff. That shit's cool. It's they, fucking like, awesome. Yeah. They shot it the first time, and Emmerich was like, "Ooh, yeah, we're, we're gonna do that a few more times." <laughs> like okay, only the last one's going to be thematically meaningful. We have to have him burn through the whole bag first. It, but it's like it, it is like it's him bringing his son to every battle, right? Yeah. It is like it is that, but it's also just like a cool visual to see him just like sit at oh, the yeah. fire and burn down these toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're like you're giving up your like play things. Fight uh, war now. Like war, like speaking of like, just go back a little bit. When Mel gets his like chest of weapons from the house is so fucking cool because the British have set his house on fire and he goes, God, he's like, he's mad because they killed his son. He runs back into this flaming house, goes upstairs <laughs> and like surrounded by fire, gets out his like tomahawk and his guns, equips his sons. And then he runs off to do that guerrilla war. Yeah. It's just it's fucking incredible. Just good shit. Of course, the house is on fire. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. So much cooler than breaking your basement, I guess. <laughs> Dude, they're lighting every fucking house on fire. They oh, yeah. love that. Yeah. That's they burn a church move. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they come and see brutal. that church. Yeah. yeah. Man, lucky Mel. He's uh, He's got a dead wife, but luckily she has a very hot sister that he's... <laughs> It's so funny. He's like hitting on his like widow, is like his dead wife's sister. So, so you mentioned it was our second movie that had Jesse and Isaacs last month, but we watched a movie. Not, it might have been just a month ago. This is the second time in recent memory that we've had a movie where someone, like the wife, dies, so they go to the sister. Point blank mm. was also a movie mm. where I wrote on the note: if your wife dies, there's always her sister. Mm-hmm. This movie too. <laughs> has a guy whose wife is dead so he yeah. goes after the sister this is like historically accurate though i feel like that probably happened like all the time yeah everybody had siblings that were also their cousins yeah <laughs> uh one thing i think is like, interesting is that this came out like in 2000 which is like right before the towers fell yeah <laughs> and this is like the funniest possible like rah rah america movie like for before that all happened well that's what pushed the uh the hijackers over the edge <laughs> all the patriot were like all right enough of this shit <laughs> yeah, they, they actually like osama bin laden was actually a big history nut so <laughs> he really hated the inaccuracies in this movie and yeah. he just had to pay it back the swamp fox is not a good man what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> there's also like a weird dynamic going on with mel gibson and the french guy because you know oh, that, like yeah. Mel Gibson is essentially famous with everyone for like torturing a bunch of French people. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently his backstory is he went to a French fortress, killed them all, not only killed them, cut off all their heads, cut out all their eyes, cut out all their tongues, sent the heads back to like French headquarters, sent the eyes and tongues down the river so that their like allies in, in their native American allies would find them. Just like, extremely violent extremely horrible oh it was and everyone knows soldiers this. or would you do the native soldiers uh, i i think if i recall the story the story was explicitly he killed the french soldiers but okay. he sent their remains to the native american soldiers mm. i think i think in real history more mixed than that but sure. I, the movie seems to want to distance native yeah. american violence from its main character sure you're allowed to kill french sure fair game yeah 
No, absolutely. We all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that guy's intro when like Chris Cooper is like, oh yeah, we're just waiting on the French. And Mel Gibson's like, oh, you're going to trust the French? And the guy steps out of the background. He's like, I am French. <laughs> yeah, I just pan over and there's just a French guy who's been sitting there the whole conversation. <laughs> Working. That guy's cool. He like dresses up I, I for like him. the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big laugh line. Like, I want to look good awesome. before I'm going to die. Yeah, because he, he's also the guy who's like, we have to kill the surrendering soldiers. I love <laughs> killing British people so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's like the one thing like America agrees with like uh, France on. Like, mm-hmm. the British are terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I like read a review of this where someone complained that it made the French out to be like uh, cowards. But I'm like, no, the one French guy in this movie is like no, the most one of the most bloodthirsty characters in yeah, the movie. He rules. Well, even like at the end of the movie when they have decided long ago that it's bad to like kill surrendering British people. Mm-hmm. When Mel Gibson comes back, he's like, Oh yeah, we I still need to kill some red coats and maybe some injured <laughs> ones when you're not looking. He's like <laughs> yeah, still right down that. for it. He's doing bits about like war crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh. a weird one or like the war is won by war criminals. It's like kind of what the movie's about. Yeah. Who can and go harder? Funny. Yeah. so cool there's a moment early on uh it's after uh his son runs off after he's been healed right Mm -hmm. uh and like mel catches up to him and decides like fuck it i'm in the war now and so he catches up to his son and there's this incredibly beautiful sequence where the heath ledger is walking by this house he sees a guy like who is just like running away with possessions i think he robbed the house and heath ledger looks at this empty house he walks through Beautiful shot on the ground floor where he's walking past a doorway and he's like backlit. And then it cuts to him looking upstairs and he's like sun rays. This movie loves sun rays. This movie yeah. loves shafts of light or coming through the yeah. window, lighting up the staircase, leading him upstairs. He goes upstairs and he looks out the window and there's a battle conveniently like a painted beautiful portrait out that window and just mm. guys getting annihilated. It's just just like two sides running against each other, cannon blaring. It's the scene where a guy gets beheaded by a cannonball. Which mm-hmm. is so cool. So cool. <laughs> so fucking cool. I actually uh, was watching a video of a historian talking about the accuracy of the battles in this. And of mm. course, like cannonballs don't make plumes of smoke, but it looks cool mm-hmm. when they hit the cannonballs don't. Um, but apparently a battle tactic back then, which they do show in the movie, is shooting the cannonball at the ground so it bounces off. And then you can guarantee it hits a guy because it's going to be mm. low to the ground. Sure. Uh, that's cool. Anyway, yeah. those guys get annihilated and Mel shows up and he's like, these guys are dumb. You can't you can't stand in a line. The British are the best in the world at standing still and firing a gun. You can't out you can't out game them at standing still and firing a gun. You gotta go gorilla. Mel yeah. Gibson invents gorilla warfare in this movie. Yeah. Because you again, the Brits, no one's better at standing still and watching the guy next to you die yeah. than the Brits. That's why they conquered. Mel Gibson uh he gets up to some tricky tactics. They do like a Looney Tunes gag with a bunch of oh, fake yeah, officers. Oh yeah, I love that scene. <laughs> for prisoners. Mel, that's, like, Mel, like, that's prankster Mel as a the 90s new him, prankster Mel. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I meant when I said like he invented lying. He goes to the officer yeah. and, and offers to give them 19 officers that he <laughs> had captured. And it turns out they're just scarecrows they dressed up because the guy <laughs> yeah. he's talking to had never imagined that anyone would lie to him <laughs> about having captured soldiers. Yeah. Incredible. 
I do like that, like, this is established, like, oh, yeah, like, America's built on, like, being a dirtbag, and that's, like, what's cool about being an American. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, somewhat true history, because, like, yeah. isn't the Revolutionary War is, like, the first implementation of, like, modern guerrilla warfare tactics. Yeah, yeah. Except it's more like back then, like, George Washington invented it, and not sure. this guy they invented for this yeah, movie yeah. is the guy who invented lying in battle. Yeah. Yeah, George Washington's <laughs> the guy that, like, killed people in, like, his sleep, right? Like, very notoriously. Yeah, that's why you made him president. I kept yeah. waiting for Washington to pop up in this movie, and he never does. Doesn't he like have like a faraway shot at the end? Uh, you have no idea. Mm. Sure, the like, only time I remember them referencing him was them talking about how he's way further north because they're in South Carolina mm, in this movie. Okay. It just seems like the type of movie where he would show up at the end to tell Mel Gibson yeah. that he did a good job or something. <laughs> like we wouldn't give have won medal. this war they, without they, they you. They did a Star yeah. Wars like medal ceremony, uh-huh. and Washington like gives. Mel Gibson a medal, but Donald Logue doesn't get one. He gets to be the Chewbacca. Mel Gibson really uh, like seals off the like ideal American man archetype in that scene too, because he like he does his little trickster outsmarting outfoxing routine, and then mm-hmm. delivers like the hardest line ever to uh, Jason Isaacs. Oh, Jason. Yeah, where like Isaacs is doing like his little smarmy fancy boy routine, where he's like, oh, "I remember shooting you, our son." And like Mel Gibson just flat face, like dead eyed <laughs> looks at him and he's like, before the war is over, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <"E." laughs> yeah. Apparently, so like after that, like Isaac says like, oh, like, why don't you do it now? And then Mel Gibson says like soon. Apparently that's like improvised. That's awesome. In- incredible. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. It's so cool to just like not even it's not even like a one liner. It's not like a clever thing. He just like looks no. him in the face and is like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> Yeah, no rules. That is, it's so hard though. It's a hard line. It is, yeah, yeah. You need a madman like Mel to deliver. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> he has an intensity in this movie. He can just turn it on. But when he's yeah. with his family, he's very sweet. Mm-hmm. And then, like in battle, he is extremely intense. Or is that like oh. one sequence where he just like keeps hacking away at like that dead man? Yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. With his like six year old kids watching. Yeah, and he is just going to town on this guy's face, and he's like totally like covered in red after that scene mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It's incredible, and that's that's a scene that gives him the nickname the Ghost. Yes, yeah, because the only surviving soldier tells you were attacked. It, it was like there were twenty men, but there's only one. Mm-hmm. They start calling him the Ghost on his wanted posters. Yeah, he's a little about, nickname like, out of it. He's like walking back up to his smallest ch- child, like sons and daughters, and he's just dripping human blood. Mm-hmm. like all on his face like it, he has super saturated his clothes with blood it can't yeah. hold all the blood it's so cool this movie's cool <laughs> <laughs> uh the other like another cool thing around this time is when they when they recruit we already mentioned when they recruit the churchgoers mm-hmm. they're like it's she, like uh heath ledger's girlfriend convinces everyone like he just she just calls them a bunch of like cowards She's like, you all hate the British. Why aren't you fighting? And then they're like, yeah. well, a girl called us out. I guess we got to go to war. Yeah. Uh, they cut to like the outside and the fucking priest has a gun. And he's like, a shepherd must defend his his flock and sometimes fight off the wolves. Yeah. Which oh, is, yeah. again, a super hard line. It's Anytime- like so funny that like any page, like the whole like uh, the act of being patriotic is just like, oh, there's a war going on. You got to like defend your flock. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter like what the meaning of the war is. You just, like, gotta fight. Yeah, like, it makes it seem like if the British had just waged a nicer war, they would have just won easily. (laughs) They just riled everyone up. Anytime in a movie, though, you can get, like, a man of the cloth killing people, I'm all about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's sort of like this movie's uh, the Shia LaBeouf character in Fury. He's Bible. Yeah. yeah, he's Bible. His death scene is like one of the funniest things in the world. Oh, it's the fuck. It's hard as shit. That's so cool. Oh, yeah, it's so cool. We'll, we'll get to it, but that's so fucking cool. He goes out. Ah, uh, what a way. I want to go out that way. <laughs> sure. And- there's the middle part of the movie has a lot of the weird racial stuff in it, though, mm. where like, yeah, there's a part where like Heath Ledger is like describing to the slave guy, like the new world that they're going to build mm. with like <laughs> equal mm. uh, rights for everyone. It's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's that. the movie's issue with uh, race is little weird because like it does only have like basically the one black character mm-hmm. who is uh, a uh, a slave who is going to be freed if he gets to the end but he's like he is given to the war as a present by his owner yeah like Mel might not be a slave owner but when a slave owner gives him a slave he just mm-hmm. takes him it's like sure I will well doesn't he like he like asked him like whether he like wants to sign yeah. he asked him to sign it but he doesn't yeah. like He's like, you can sign it if you want, but he doesn't tell him, like, you don't have to fight. That's true. But he, like, he, like, wants that guy's signature specifically. Yeah, he wants his consent, at least. But also, I think if you're a slave and your slave owner says you have to go to war, you don't, you can't consent. consent. Yeah, there is no consent. Uh, I think that's like, they're like attempts at, like, some agency, though. Yeah. Famously, like, Spike Lee has called out this movie for its use as a black character because it only has the one. And his only agency is in service of a war that is Mm -hmm. mostly in service of a white guy's revenge fantasy yeah, uh, and doesn't have any like agency of his own. He just kind of shows up every 10 minutes to remind yeah. us that there is like a black guy in this movie and he sure. is a slave and he will be freed soon yeah, because of George Washington. So cool, right. but not really tackling with like, what is this guy is like his, why doesn't he have his own story or his own agency? No, yeah. He has like no inner um, life at all. Yeah. Well, he, he's like barely, and he's like the only like black character in the movie that really gets any yeah. screen time. And it's, we pop in every couple minutes to go, well, Donald Logue still doesn't like him. Yeah. Well, it like, it doesn't really make any sense because like there's a, that part at the beginning where, um, Jason Isaacs, is like, uh, all slaves will be joining the British army. And they're like, actually we're free and we love it here on this plantation. And he's like, <laughs> all right, then as free men, you will like be honored to serve the King or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like played as another one of his like evil things that he's impressing mm-hmm. these people into service in the military. But then like the Mel Gibson's army does the exact same thing with the one yeah. character, but it's yeah. like shown as being this like liberating experience for him. Yeah. And he like, ends up being like, there. If it was truly li- I mean, it's historical obviously, but like it's probably one of the only historical elements, but like, you know, if it was truly liberating, it would be you're free right now just for signing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's also uh, he's not the only black character. There's also like a whole black Gullah community whose only function in the movie is to like shelter and protect uh, his family like when they yeah. go into hiding. Yeah. That's true. Which is like <laughs> wild. Like you don't know yeah. anything about any of them except for that they're like no. providing yeah. this like beautiful space for a wedding to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's it, it's usage of black characters. Is, yeah, it, it is like the one guy is just like a prop to talk about um, how good it was that the Union Army freed not the Union mm. Army, the Continental Army freed uh, whatever slaves that would would volunteer. But it's just mm. kind of gross. But like, hey, our main character, he doesn't own slaves. Like, it's just like the movie is just trying to distance itself from that issue as much as possible yeah. while touching on it as little as possible. It just like 
it, it basically as much as it touches on the issue of slavery is just like just to say it did basically to wash its yeah. hands of it to be like oh but our main character is not a bad guy it is like very fun to like present that like the british like freeing the slaves is like cynical while like the americans doing it is not yeah well like they're like virtually exactly the same mm-hmm. mel did say afterwards that if he had made the movie he would have made his character a slave owner and that he thought it was a cop out to not do it well did he really okay. yeah Whoa. that would have i think like that would have been a more textured and interesting sure. take on the character it would have yeah. given the audience way more uh it would have been harder to relate to the character which sure. would have been interesting to work with yeah um, yeah i'm I sure didn't... mel wouldn't have taken that as like it's a i'm sure mel would have taken in that a direction that would have been like textured uh, based sure. on his work that I've seen, that's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, it does. You didn't want to whitewash it. Yeah, you, you got to hand it to Mel. I don't remember the yeah. context for the quote, but I like to think he just said that unprovoked, like no one was even <laughs> talking about the Patreon. Oh, they were interviewing about Apocalypto. Yeah, he's just he's just like randomly brings up like you know if it was me doing the Patriot slaves, I'm doing slaves. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Mel, that's like a crazy you, thing to say. Like, what post are you talking everything. About? <laughs> Yeah. Brandon, you mentioned it earlier, but there are like a lot of uh, like Spielberg Kaminsky, just like shafts of light shooting in through. This movie loves uh, in video games, they call them God rays. It's how I think Mm. of them because my brain's poisoned. Uh, (laughs) Just like shafts of light are just like, just guess what? It's an easy way to make me go like, wow, this is a pretty movie Uh, is if you have a lot of shafts of light and I go, holy crap, they backlit this scene. That means it's beautiful. But uh, I'm a mark for that stuff. So this movie, yeah. I was just constantly like, whoa. Yeah. Beautiful. Incredible. Yeah, like, there's like scenes like near the end where like there's like light coming through like the flags. Mm. It looks like gorgeous. Yeah. When they establish their team in the swamp, there's like this. Mm. They're at they're at an old. It's like an old church. It's mm-hmm. dark. There's shafts it's of light coming. The through. old Spanish there's a giant cross. They're in the swampy church. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, they get a lot of mileage out of the foggy swamp. Do you think the do you think the do you think the cross is like a metal touch? <laughs> I like I, I I keep assuming like any like religious stuff. Is like, it's got to be Mel Gibson. <laughs> he needed it there. Yeah, he doesn't get it's to be Catholic because uh... like that nobody would have been a Catholic in America at that time. Yeah, it's, but... it's, it's it was part of his contract. It's 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 one of his like writers. He needs it to <laughs> perform. Yeah, I'm curious about the old Spanish mission that's in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like. Is that real? <laughs> is that a real Probably. Thing? I it wasn't was... around to deny it. I mean, yes. like, I don't know. I can't. There's some old Spanish forts I know here in Georgia, like near St. Simon. So maybe there are in South Carolina, too. There's also in the the foggy camp, they do a lot of business on the runner of uh, Heath Ledger is slowly like sewing this tattered American flag mm. back together. That's beautiful. When he first movie. joins the, the war, he like sees this injured soldier and he takes the flag and the injured, the soldier goes, it's a lost cause, but Heath pockets the flag and he works yeah. on it the whole movie, which is like immediately, like it's very heavy handed, but I'm a sucker for heavy handed shit like yeah. that. So it's like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, it's like, Oh, it's lost cause just like the revolution yeah. itself. Huh? Yeah. Mm, beautiful. No, a, Wonder if the flag's like going to come back later. A movie like this needs to be heavy handed though. Like that's mm-hmm. fine. Oh yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. Emmerich's nailing it as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole middle part of the movie. They're 
just kind of like scrapping along. And then finally Tom Wilkinson is like, all right, fine. You can kill children again. And <laughs> Jason Isaacs is like sick and immediately just murders like everyone in a church. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he come and sees them. He gets everyone in the church. Adam Baldwin tells them, Hey, our British guy wants to talk to you. Everyone get in the church. And then they just, he like finds, he torch, he doesn't even have to torch them. He like threatens them. So they, one guy gives up everyone. Then he locks the doors and they light it on fire. Just like, can come and see it's, Mm. it's insane. Well, the guy too, he like gives up where they are and he doesn't get let out. And he's like, what you said there, I would be forgiven. And he's like, oh, and maybe you will be, but that's between you and God. Yeah. That's such a hard line. So fucking hard. Yeah. Jason Isaacs. Uh, and the traitor guy, Wilkins, is the one that chucks the first uh, torch, too. Yeah. He, he he has a moment of, like, of hesitance, and then he just, like, chucks that thing full bore. I thought it was going to go through the, the, the stained glass window, but it just lands on the roof mm-hmm. and instantly catches the whole building on fire. Yeah. Yeah. He's As like, torches do. He says something like, oh, there's no honor in this or something. And Jason mm-hmm. Isaacs is like, didn't you say earlier that all these people should suffer a traitor's mm-hmm. death? Well, yeah. Jason Isaacs also says, um, like, the the ends are all that's remembered. This will be forgotten. Mm. Yeah. Which he, is, you know, I, I take that as a lesson that this movie is actually historically accurate. Anything that you think is inaccurate just was lost to history. Sure. You know? History just remembered the uh, broad strokes. They're clearing up the details. That part's so no, funny. As like, as like Wilkinson says, though, like it's like a stupid strategy for like because they're planning to like continue to work with them like America like after this war. Yeah. <laughs> like well, why would like, you make yourself like the worst people of all time? That it doesn't really track either because he's like, oh, don't worry, no one will remember this. But it's like, yeah. The whole reason these people are fighting to begin with is because they remember shit like this. That's like the whole point yeah. of the movie is that they don't well, like you that you're doing son. this. Well, they're <laughs> fighting because the taxes war. are too high. Let's be clear. Sure. It's also just really funny that Wilkins is like, I don't want to burn these people alive. And he's like, didn't you say earlier that they should suffer a traitor's death? And he's like, I did say that. I guess I have to <laughs> You caught me. Destroyed yeah. by facts Got and logic. Got him with logic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Ben Shapiro. <laughs> There's nothing he can do at that point. He has to. He has to burn them. Yeah, I mean, if you once you get owned, that's it. Mm. Yeah. Is Tom Wilkinson playing Cornwallis? Who is he playing in this movie? He's not Cornwallis. Okay. They or is he? I don't know. I forget. I don't know. They steal Cornwallis's journals, and it, which like okay. makes me think that it's and his not dogs. Him. But they also steal. Oh yeah. Wilkinson's dogs. Oh, what's actually? I just realized what's weird is that there's an actor named Tom Wilkinson in this movie, and also Adam Baldwin plays a character yeah, named Wilkins. Wilkins. He is playing. Uh, I just looked it up. Tom Wilkinson as uh, General Lord Charles Cornwallis. He's playing oh, okay. Cornwallis. He's too old for this. Apparently, I watched a video with a historian. It was like mm. Wilk, uh, Cornwallis was supposed to be like forty in this battle, in this like in this time period, and yeah. like uh, Wilkinson is like clearly a way older man. But like people like age so fast back then, like they mm-hmm. had lived terrible lives. Of course, yeah, they like looked just, like fifty yeah. at age twenty. <laughs> yeah, he's playing a twenty-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mel is actually sixteen in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Heath Ledger was five. <laughs> just ages were different back then. Yeah. <laughs> you only live to like age like forty. 
<laughs> Tom Wilkinson is so like fussy and bitchy in this. It's so funny. Yeah. He's like complaining that his clothes aren't fancy enough. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene at the party where he has these like shitty clothes because they made him from like horse hair or something. Mm. They're just like shitty, like someone crafted him a <laughs> shitty outfit. And he's like, I want my nice clothes from the boat. <laughs> At one point he says, mm, these rustics are so inept. Talking yes. about the Americans. <laughs> he says it almost takes the honor out of battle because they're so easy to, fe- to defeat the farmers. Until Mel teaches them to lie. This movie feels like it was written by a like newspaper cartoonist from the era. <laughs> because propaganda for the war yeah yeah probably he wants you to enlist but to specifically enlist against the british <laughs> it makes sense that it came out in a time where we did you know it was right before yeah you went into a different war it's like yeah. you, like you mentioned this before M- michael but it, like it is interesting it comes out in 2000 like right before 9 mm-hmm. 11 i feel like this movie can't come out after 9 11 no the but also, like, maybe it does better after 9-11, though, Yeah, possibly. it probably performs better. But, like, this the, is, like, kind of an innocent movie where, like, the mm-hmm. villains are just the British, and that's, like, yeah. cool. We talked about this in the Gladiator episode, too, where, like, these are both movies that feel like they could only have happened in 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you, you can't do these movies a year later because no. it's, just, like, the attitudes of studios and audiences. Like, yeah. once you go, like, a year later, you're into the era of 24. No, I think yeah, this movie is like evil if it comes out after 9-11. Before that, mm-hmm. it's like totally like oh, kind of yeah. innocent. It's in like like the last, I hesitate to say peaceful time in, in sure. American history, right? Sure. Uh, before well, we were, like, not, the last like, time we, we worked in like we a like, major ongoing war. We like couldn't identify an enemy. So we're just going to go back to like the very first war. If we're going to yeah. go back to the British. And well, it's like it's fine because like the British are evil. It wasn't a peaceful time, but it was like the last time I think that you could make movies about like overtly political things like war but without saying anything political or like having people look for like any kind of uh like extra textual meaning in what you're doing yeah because there kind of isn't any in this movie (laughs) like this movie comes out a year later and then the main criticism is like oh it's a recruitment ad for the american Mm -hmm. military but we're not in a major engagement in in 2000 not as much as we are once the iraq war starts sure uh, the post 9 11 era so, like, it doesn't come across that way. If you release it a couple years later, it's like, oh, this is a nationalistic propaganda for the American yeah. war machine. I think it's, like, fairly harmless where it is in, like, in history, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing. Whereas, like, this movie comes out even a decade previous, and then it gets in mm-hmm. that top gun slot of, like, sure. oh, it's Cold War propaganda. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, like, it's a very, like, weirdly, like, apolitical movie where, like, mm-hmm. you're allowed to root for America here. <laughs> it's I, It's also just, like so cartoonishly good guy bad guy that yeah. you don't like at least i don't i don't feel any like moral hesitations in like no. uh, how i feel about the characters in this movie because no. they're so like no. detached from the the americans from real i mean like mel gibson like commits like so many war crimes but <laughs> it's against the british which like that's fine to do against yeah i mean it's like <laughs> it's like this year's rrr when you yeah. have a movie about yeah. a war of occupiers versus occupied yeah, it's just like unambiguously the occupied get, yeah. can be presented as the the heroes of your story without. This is like the one time you're like allowed to root for like the worst hicks in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> the man after the church burning scene, there's like 
really crazy little bit where the Tom Nuttall guy, I have no idea what that actor or character's name is. Mm. The Deadwood guy. Like, oh, sees fantastic his actor. He's, yeah, he like he's sees like, his son die. Yeah, or he's no, like, he just sees the body. That, right, he right? sees the bodies of his family. Yeah, yeah. They, they find out that the British have a list of all their homes. And so they all disperse to go make sure their families are safe. Mm-hmm. And he finds his, and I think doesn't Mel tell him something like, we'll take like a rest break and yeah. we'll regroup for war later. Go, mm-hmm. go find your family, make sure they're safe and we'll come back. And yeah. he goes and he finds his family dead. And actually like maybe like other than Mel's son dying, the most tragic part of the movie yeah. is that guy just like finds his son dead and then just domes yeah. himself in front of the whole army. It's like brutal. Which, like, and it's yeah, like, it it's actually really like very brutal. powerful scene. Yeah. Do that in private. Maybe though, you know, like your friends don't have to see that. Dude, it's come on. Think about Mel. You don't have to show him. <laughs> Who are you showing off to? It Ugh. is like cool though. We see like one other person like dealing with this stuff other than like Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. He's. You know. Yeah. You're right. He's not as strong as Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Is what happened. Mm, <laughs> but yeah. like we like, but we like get to deal with like his own trauma. That's the only yeah, other no, person I think of that we like, deal with it at all. Well, Heath has to deal with it too. But That's yeah, true. no, it is. It is very touching. Like that moment where he takes him, where he like commits suicide because he finds mm. his family dead. It's just like, yeah, it is. They is the movie saying like, this is how evil the British are. This is the harm mm. they're causing to people. Yeah. And those people aren't as strong as Mel. They can't carry on after the family. Dead. It does yeah. work to like reinforce like how good Mel's character is at like carrying this burden. Mm. It, like he's so, he's so strong. strong and cool. Yeah. Because even his fucking kid who the whole time is telling him like, stay the course and like, mm-hmm. There will be a time for your revenge, but right now yeah. it's about winning the war. Even he, when he sees his girlfriend, or I mm-hmm. guess his wife now, is dead, well, yeah. he immediately like rides off for vengeance. Yeah. Yeah, it's Which true. Is, it's all it's all fueled by revenge, this entire oh, yeah, movie. No, Heath tells him early in the movie, when I have my own, because uh, Mel says, when you have your own family, you'll understand. You'll keep yourself mm-hmm. out of battle to protect your family. And Heath says, mm-hmm. when I have my own family, I won't let them get in the way mm-hmm. of like my ideals. Oh. And then oh, he says, when I have my yeah. own family, I won't hide behind them. Oh, yeah, that's hmm. what he says. Yeah, he's right. He won't. Yeah, he doesn't. He like <laughs> he goes for it. I mean, once he doesn't have them anymore. <laughs> that yeah. seems really fucking funny because like the Jason Isaacs like locks everyone in the church, burns it down and then just goes and like to hang out by the creek like five minutes <laughs> away, I guess. He's like, <laughs> like shaving and he lets his hair down. He's got yeah. his like. He takes off his ponytail. He's got like flowing hair. Yeah. Uh, he's just like rocking it. He's just like, mm-hmm. he's just like in glam mode. Yeah. As he goes into battle. He's yeah, the only character just... we see shaving though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone he's else the only is just one that's naturally like grooming, which is smooth. Interesting. Yeah. The, yeah, this is funny that his plan apparently was like, oh, I'm going to kill everyone. And then me and like two other guys are just going to go chill. Like, <laughs> oh, they're just, you know, Hanging out. So much hanging yeah. out at the river. Then he falls for the oldest trick in the book. The old pretend I'm dead and spin around at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. But that that's... fucking shit is so hard, man. <laughs> yeah. They're going after like Heath is fighting the second in command. The mm. priest has his like gun locked on Isaacs. <laughs> they both reload at the same time. And there's this tension. Isaacs is slowly reloading his pistol. The priest is reloading his musket. They're about to go down. The priest reloads first. But he decides to save fucking uh, Heath Ledger from a fight. He saves Heath, saves his life. Heath stabs the shit out of this British guy. Then the the fucking priest gets 
like he gets shot because he decides mm-hmm. to save Heath. He gets shot by Isaacs. When yeah. he dies, he throws his gun up in the air. Yeah. Heath fucking catches it. Yeah. Oh my god! It's and he incredible. takes his shot. It's fucking so, it's so cool. cool. Yeah. It's like it's a John. Woo, it's like a John Woo bit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like uh. slow mo dying gun toss to your buddy. Yeah. It's so. Yes, it's heroic bloodshed. This movie fucking, like kind of feels uh. like a kung fu like or like western <laughs> movie. It's yeah. So. that's i mean that is a cool thing about this the like musket warfare is that it's so Mm. slow and cumbersome that it Mm. like allows for a bunch of hand-to-hand combat without being like why aren't they just shooting each other something Mm. i've been thinking about since watching the movie is that like the magic of this movie i I love this movie emmerich finds the tension and the excitement Mm. in musket combat which i think is really hard to do because traditionally revolutionary war combat is not very cinematic but where Mm. What Emmerich finds in it is like the plumes of smoke from from when you have a line of guys all firing at once, the amount of smoke that that generates, that is really cinematic. When you mm. have these lines of guys against each other, that is really cinematic to film. Mm. When you have the cannon fire in the middle of these guys marching, that's really cinematic. The moments yeah. reloading is a moment of tension you can play with. Oh, yeah. He plays with throughout the movie. He finds the way to make musket warfare as exciting and thrilling and in a unique way compared to what traditional war movies can make with modern weapons. He just, mm. he, it's incredible. He like, he, that yeah. guy just fucking Emmerich dude. He just, he does. Yeah. Nails it. No, he gets it. It's like interesting. There like was not like a major, like revolutionary war, like wave with like movies. I think it's just, it's hard to make muskets cool, but sure. like Emmerich and Michael Mann have nailed it. Sure. Yeah, because uh, Last of Mohegans has really good battles too. Mm. No, definitely. Yeah, I think like he's really good at all the big stuff in this movie. Which like mm-hmm. now, when I think of Emmerich, I think of all of his like disaster movies, which have kind like of his, like, that's his zone, really. Yeah. Which those kind of have like a chintzy quality to me. Mm-hmm. Like even though they're on a way grander scale, they don't feel as mm-hmm. big as this. They just feel no. like kind of well. Cheap. This feels like personal, which he never like really yeah. does afterwards. It's yeah, it's weird because like this is right before he got into disaster zone because this is I mean, I guess like yeah. Independence Day is like his big disaster. Yeah. Like that was like his big intro to disaster films and Godzilla is yeah. a disaster film. And mm-hmm. then Patriot kind of goes back to his action roots because he would Stargate and Universal Soldier were action movies. Sure. But then after this, he goes right back to just being almost exclusively a disaster artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like 2012 or whatever. Yeah, I think Day After Tomorrow is after tomorrow, like his 10, next movie BC. after this. Sure. I mean, he like I think there's like a lot of directors like very script dependent. It's like mm-hmm. this just feels like mm-hmm. a, a uh, Roland Emmerich certainly that case. Mm-hmm. Emmerich said he was drawn to this movie because of the script. He was drawn because it was like a personal story about like mm-hmm. people who were like righteous fighters. Yeah. He was drawn to the character story. I, yeah. I don't know if the character story is why I love this movie. Right? I know sure. it's not. I I'm, love this movie because I think Emmerich just captures beautiful images with it. Sure. Uh, but yeah, no, just. Yeah, when you have like a guy like Emmerich who can mm. almost effortlessly find the beauty in battle, uh, mm. I'm I'm there. Yeah, yeah. I do think the personal angle is like what works though, because like you mm-hmm. are like you're rooting for Mel Gibson. Yeah, it's a revenge. The revenge story makes those battles exciting. Like the movie, I, I was talking to to people about this before we started recording. Mm. So we have like this real like cable movie quality where like every twenty minutes or something exciting happening, you could. Yeah you could like walk out of the room and do some chores and come back 
and you wouldn't miss much because like at the core of this is just a simple revenge story. You could walk away for 20 minutes and not miss anything. Sure. And there's like a, some cool action beat that's happening every 20 minutes. This mm. movie's like nonstop battles. Yeah. And but what makes those battles meaningful is that core revenge story is that you're rooted in wanting to see Mel Gibson get his uh, revenge against Jason Isaacs. Yeah. 100%. Uh, which as in, in like in between that, there's a sort of episodic element of just like individual battles that happen in between your commercial breaks. If you're watching this on TV. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything more to say. I kind of, that's all I had. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that this movie has going for it too, is that uh, like the stakes feel very high that like a lot mm-hmm. of these kind of like high melodramas, you more or less know that like the principal players are going to live until like the third act of the movie at least. But like by icing the kids so early in this, you really feel like on your toes that anyone could go at any time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. I mean, like Heath Ledger's Heath Ledger's death is like pretty shocking, I think. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Yeah, to get back to it, like that scene we're talking about, the the priest throws up the gun. Heath Ledger (laughs) grabs it. It doesn't work. He shoots Mm. Jason Isaacs and it's cool as hell. Mm. Also, Jason Isaacs is alive and shoots him and he's and then he dies. Yeah. Uh rip. It's like so sad. This is extreme. It is very sad. Yeah, Mel loses it. Mm-hmm. Like he was pretty sad when his one son died, but when his favorite <laughs> son dies, yeah. he's out. He's checked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he like almost quits the war. <laughs> yeah. And he sees that beautiful American flag. Mm-hmm. Just when he thinks he's out. Oh yeah, <laughs> he takes the American flag out of out of his bag, <laughs> and he needs it. And that's he quits the war. He quits the war after that, doesn't he? He yeah. like decides he's not going to yeah. fight yeah. anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like isn't it? Uh, he tells yeah, he Christopher, says, "I'm done. My kid's dead." And then he decides to come back because he has the flag, and he comes back flying the fucking flag. And which yep. is like, I wrote down on my notes: Mel Gibson hold, carrying the flag is movies. Like, oh, yeah. that shot is just incredibly inc- iconic. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, they really should have let him yell freedom, though, I think. They should have. Sure. It should have just become his catchphrase that he did in every movie. Sure, Well, yeah. he does, I mean, he does at one point uh, get close to that. He asks if he can sit next to his uh, his uh, deceased uh, wife's uh, sister, and she says, well, it is a free country, or it <laughs> will be. <laughs> yeah, that's when they... Uh, get all horned up at the wedding mm-hmm. because wedding crashes is right weddings just make people horny they make people kiss each other <laughs> yeah he's we haven't really talked about uh chris cooper but i like him in this a lot too it's just oh, yeah. a no, good he's bit really of, good good bit of casting like everything yeah mm-hmm. a, he's role a great actor if you need a guy who has to fade in and out as an authoritary figure mm-hmm. in a movie about the little guy rising up against the big guy mm-hmm. Why not Chris Cooper? Yeah. Yeah, he tells Chris Cooper, or Chris Cooper is like, yeah, your son died, but you can justify his death. And Mel Gibson's like, why do men think that they can justify death? Hmm. And he like gives this little monologue. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's what movies are about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's like, gives this whole little speech about how like more fighting isn't going to help anything. And then he takes one look at that fucking flag. (laughs) <laughs> he's back in it he knows what it's oh, all yeah. about yeah i do like the like iconography is like all that's like keeping them going yeah <laughs> it's like almost speaks to like what america's about it's very hollow but like it works for yeah. people 
it's this iconography that they're inventing like it doesn't yeah. even really exist yet he's looking at like no. a one-year-old flag yeah iconography <laughs> is speaking to me the american who watched this movie in 2000 yeah. but to mel back then it's yeah. it's wholly new he's inventing the meaning for us yeah that's like what movies are about you like reinvent like what these icons mean dude it's so funny when he comes back because like he comes back and he's in the like situation room with all the generals and then he's like have you considered that we should trick these guys we should do something tricky no oh, like, uh-huh? oh my what? god yeah he just tells him hey can we just let the first line of 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 the militia fire two shots instead of one and it's like playing back to a moment like 30 minutes prior where he mentioned maybe the bad guys uh maybe his weakness is his pride and the Frenchman's like, well, maybe I wish he was dumb. And Mel's like, well, if he's prideful, that works for me too. And his whole plan is we're going to make him think we're weak. And they're just, like you said, they're lying. It's, it's, we're going to have the front line. Who's on like, like they're fighting on a hill and he has the front line on like the downslope in of the hill. And they have the rest of the reinforcements on the other side of the hill. So he can pretend they only have like two lines of militia who fire and then they retreat and draw the British into like the line of fire of the full fucking army. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah the British is dumb. <laughs> British people are stupid. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's how they lost all that. Like if they were smart, why wouldn't they still be an empire? Think about it. No, they were like way too cocky. They thought that they could yeah. be like classy. They're just going to march ahead with these like bright red uniforms. <laughs> War but was they did dumb not ex- back then. Yeah. They did not expect like, these dirtbag Americans. <laughs> this, they didn't uh, expect that someone wouldn't be honorable in war. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they did, they did not expect a Mel Gibson. They did not expect the like, guerrilla war- warfare, and that changes kind of everything. Yeah, they didn't expect people to do underhanded dirty tricks in war while they were killing all of their children. <laughs> Burning well, I mean, down their okay churches. When they do it. Yeah. yeah. I like when um. there's a moment earlier in the movie where... Uh, Tom Wilkinson asks Mel, will you stop killing our officers? It's bad. It makes me feel bad. And, yeah. and Mel Gibbs is like, will you stop killing our kids? If you stop killing our kids, I'll stop killing your officers. But until <laughs> then, nobody. Yeah. <laughs> There's a nice little thematic resolution in the final battle too, where Mel Gibson has to decide between like killing Jason Isaacs and like reinforcing the line to win the battle. <laughs> Rallies everyone to hold the line. <laughs> hold the line i man it's fucked up because even in the final battle like when they're he's his plan is to fire two volleys from his line so that the british get drawn into charging them because they think they're weak because the only reason you would fire a second volley from your line in a musket battle is if you didn't have backup behind you to retreat to mm-hmm. uh so like most of his guys die because they're yeah. standing there reloading. Like his plan yeah. is, well, we're going to let half of the militia get blown away. Yeah. I wrote that then down we'll that like win. half, like most of his plan was just like allowing a bunch of his guys to absorb a bunch of musket fire for a little mm-hmm. bit. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, the only way that that plan operates is you take an entire volley of shots from the British mm-hmm. army. Dude, Mel Gibson fucks up a horse with that American flag. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. fucked up. Oh, yeah. He's like stabs it. It's so, like, so cool. The it iconography is very is, cool. 
He is like, he runs a G when he retreats with his army. Then Jason Isaac comes in. So he grabs the flag and he's just charging at Isaac with his flag and just stabs the fucking horse. It's which is where... less cool than if he had stabbed Isaacs, but it's still pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool because Isaac goes flying off. Yeah. And, uh, well, I like rewound it because I was like, man, how did they film this? And I watched it again and I, I was like, they oh, they just fucked up a horse. Yeah. 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 They, they, goes, they, like, they totally Michael Mann lucked the it. Ground. <laughs> but then Jason Isaacs falls for the same little gag that he did to Heath Ledger. Oh, oh my God. That is oh, so yeah. fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Where he like ducks and then just like stabs him. Yeah, he does like a little twirl. <gasps> yeah, oh my god! So cool. Yeah, Mel's like on the ground. Jason is like, "Do you have any last? You should have killed me earlier, buddy." And he's like, "Oh, he's like, he says something about honor, yeah, or, like a better man or something." He says, "Yeah, it and, looks like I'm the better man." Yes, and then like Mel gets up and just bayonets him in the chin. Ah, oh. but it's like beautiful because he's watching all these flags go by. <laughs> Like the ending is twice, twice in a row. Mel baits the British. He baits them into like following into the full brute of the union of the continental army. And then he baits Jason Isaacs into like letting him stab him in the neck. Yeah. It has one of my favorite uh, movie war things where like the two main guys just have their own little battle in the middle of like this giant (laughs) war. And I love that so much in movies. And the the winner of the battle just like ends everyone is like oh <laughs> our guy won battle's over <laughs> <sighs> this is also the battle where guy loses like multiple people lose legs right the cannon yeah. there's a cannon shot goes off and it just like takes out multiple people's legs oh, so fucking so fucking cool cannons are so rad in this movie <laughs> there were like way more gore effects than i remembered yeah that's, That's a awesome. very violent. I mean, they're movie. probably you probably watch this mostly on cable TV where they would have been mm. cut out. Oh sure. yeah. Did it, either of you end up watching the extended cut of it? Oh, I bought the I I I actually bought the extended version. Okay. So you got the scene of all the little the little kids seeing all the soldiers floating down the river, the dead bodies. Yep. Ooh. And there's also yeah. like a scene like after where like uh Mel's like hacking up the guy, they just like show all the bodies. It's like a little excessive actually. <laughs> I've only ever seen the theatrical. I don't think I've ever seen the extended. Honestly, I think the theatrical is like probably better, but like you get a lot of like lingering scenes on like the bodies. I definitely didn't leave the theatrical cut thinking that I needed like more of the no, picture. It's like already pretty long. <laughs> Three hours. It, it's it's long in a way movie. that doesn't feel long, if that makes sense. Like sure. it's it is it has such like a and I already said this is such a leisurely pace almost that you can kind mm. of like leave the room and come back. Yeah, like, definitely. You it doesn't demand your full attention for the entire mm. two hours and forty five minute runtime. Mm. So it doesn't quite feel that long because it mm. this is not a movie that requires a lot of participation from its audience. Yeah. Hundred percent. Which sounds like a criticism, but actually I think that's a high point in his favor. No, yeah, definitely. It's a it's a perfect cable movie, which is like a lot of like what these dad movies are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you break it into like 20 to 45 minute chunks. Mm-hmm. You have a sandwich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could watch this over the course of an entire day, just like yeah. with big breaks in between and not miss a beat. And it would be yeah. my best experience ever. Yeah. No, it's like a platonic ideal like dad movie, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The good guys are like unequivocally good and the bad guys mm-hmm. are like evil through and through oh yeah yeah 
Even though the, the good guys are doing like terrible things throughout the movie. Well, I mean, yeah, they're doing like, it for the British. It's fine. Yeah, it's the sure. way they're yeah. pre- it's presented like it's no not a not a big yeah. deal. Yeah, they don't even like, think even, it's like a big deal until like Heath Ledger brings it up. Like, oh, you're doing all this shit. Well, like even when he gives his like monologue about how he tortured a bunch of people in the French and Indian War, like mm-hmm. the movie kind of sets it up that like him doing that and these people that he brought in is like a necessity to win the war against mm-hmm. the British. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Like, and they specifically sure. in that scene, like we talked about before, but they specifically make sure that the violence he committed was against the French and not mm-hmm. the native American allies of the French. Yeah. That he just sent them tokens of the French bodies. Mm-hmm. So like the movie is being very careful to be like, well, he did a bad thing, but only to white people. So yeah. it's less bad than if he had done it to like Native Americans. Mm. Man, the tightrope walk of this movie is so funny. Yeah, because like a lot of the real people, because the main character is not a real person, but he's Mm. based on a composite of a bunch of real people who some of them committed atrocities against Native Americans. And this movie is very careful to be like, well, our guy didn't. Yeah. So there's a very much this walk. It's it's trying to tie to like, oh, he has like a morally gray aspect to him, but don't worry. The moral gray is only against French people. <laughs> it's funny too, to kill that like Mel Gibson. He's the main character of the movie, but he's also like the main character of these people's lives. Like at one point, Chris <laughs> Cooper is like, your he's like your victories and your hardships like affect all of us more than you know, mm. or something like that. That like. And then at the end of the movie ends with like everyone showing up to his property to like build his house back again. Yes. That's especially that was like um, part of the Spike Lee criticism I was reading, mm-hmm. which is that the main black character of the movie ends the movie being like, I'm going to help you build your house. And instead of having his own agency where he like as a free man gets his own land and his own home. Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't Mel helping him build up his life? Instead, this guy's like, well, I'm going to help you build your life back. Yeah. The implication he'll probably build his own life later because we're going to start with yours. But yeah. like it's it's a point in this movie like this guy only exists to be in service of the war and the victories that Mel is winning. Yeah. No, it's a very valid criticism. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's part of it's, that. One of the issues. The movie. It's not yeah. the Patriots plural. It's about this yeah. guy. Yeah. He's yeah, the, the patriot. patriot. There's only one Patriot. He's like the Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really funny thing. I was I was watching um the uh Roger Ebert review of this movie. Uh-oh. Uh no, he liked it, so don't yeah. But his criticism was that it was so convenient that the battles were like in front of of Mel at all times. Hmm. Like there's the scene where I talked about it, uh Heath Ledger goes in the building and right outside the window is a battle like presented perfectly for his attention. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it was this was after the time of um of Siskel. So it was Ebert and uh Kuhalrich. Uh I don't know how to say her last mm-hmm. name. Uh but he was like criticizing that like things were so convenient like that. And her like response was like, Well, I have to imagine it was like that. It must have been like that. And I was like, Exactly. Mm-hmm. She's right. This is exactly <laughs> how it was back then. Why would Mel lie to me? I'm sure everything <laughs> happened like in front of this main character. He was the main character of the war. Why yeah. wouldn't things happen in front of him? Yeah. I can't prove it wrong. That's like just movie magic. <laughs> no, uh, Ebert gave this three out of four stars. No problems with him. That's pretty good. Enemy of the podcast agrees with us on this one. And Broken Clock and whatnot. 
<laughs> no, I think this movie's good. I'll just say it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like Fair. enjoyed watching it and enjoyed talking sure. about it. No, it's a super bullshit movie, but it's like very fun. <laughs> I mean, it's the John McNaughton movie. It's it's yeah. it's like John McNaughton's paintings in movie form. <laughs> Which is fun to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a slice of pulp, which is fine. Mm-hmm. It is really cool to do like my big, it's a big historical epic that is also mm. just like a, like a violent revenge porn movie, yeah. which is like fucking cool. Like, why not? Yeah. And yeah. it's against the British who are like, uh, it's, a, it's a universal enemy to the people. <laughs> yeah. They've found a way to like make this violent, like very Mel Gibson-y revenge movie palatable to just like middle america <laughs> mm-hmm. so this feels quintessentially mel regardless of time period like yeah. in terms of the violence in the revenge aspect like mm. he hasn't stopped making movies like this today sure. uh even in his like kind of like era that's moving more into his like you know unlikable aspects mm. uh in his public persona these days uh, yeah, it's just it is a quintessentially very Mel movie to make something this violent, but that yeah. is also just like an extremely beloved and 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 popular film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels strange that it has taken us. I'm glad you brought it to us, Michael, because it like this feels so squarely like within the mandate of this show, like <laughs> right dead center in the bullseye of like what we're looking for, like the most middle brow epic movie of all time well it's like middle brow and it's like kind of a dad fantasy where like you gotta protect your family yeah (laughs) and protecting your family imparts a greater importance of yourself not only in a time of crisis can you protect and defend and avenge your family but you can also single-handedly turn the tide of the nation (laughs) yeah yeah it's incredible you're this uh revenge fantasy also just happens to perfectly align with like uh winning a war for america (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you like create a whole nation you're like you protecting your family that's what this nation's built upon is you protecting your family yep (laughs) pure dad cinema you guys know about the like controversy where sony invented a fake critic to review this movie yeah i was reading about that no i didn't hear about this no yeah there was a whole controversy. They I, He apparently reviewed a bunch of movies. This is the one I know of, though. His name was David Manning, a fake critic they invented Whoa. to make, to, like, review this movie extremely positively. But huh. apparently, like, he never existed. Ever. They even did an interview where, like, Harry Shearer in, interviewed the, uh, the, care, the, 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 the reviewer, but they, like, used mm-hmm. a voice synthesizer for the reviewer. They faked it. They eventually had to like pay out out of an out of court settlement because people sued them over using wow. a fake reviewer. Like, yeah, they, it was multiple Sony movies. This is like, I think the the one that I that I know it from. Yeah, uh, there which they is lost uh, a big unethical, or they paid That's out a big crazy. class action settlement where if you could mm-hmm. show that you it was like four movies, if you had shown that you like bought a ticket to one of them and weren't satisfied, they would like pay mm-hmm. you out for it. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, nuts. they made up a yeah. fake critic from a real newspaper somewhere in Connecticut and someone called to wow. like follow up and they're like, we don't know who the fuck this is. <laughs> Are there like mm-hmm. other like have they have they used it for like other movies? There were four mm. movies named in that lawsuit, but I don't huh. remember what the other it's was. It's apparently there. Hollow Man the Animal. 
Fuck yeah. The animal? The animal? Oh, shit. Uh, Rob uh, Schneider's the Patriot animal? And a Knight's yeah. Tale. Wow, two, two Heath Ledger movies. movies. Yeah. A Knight's yeah. Tale's pretty good. A Knight's Tale. Yeah, both good movies, actually. So, like, you know what? Fine. But the animal is so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be in this list. <laughs> yeah, because like Hall- Hollow Man's a real movie, The Patriots a real movie, Night Sales a move- real movie, and the last yeah. one's Vertical Limit. That's probably a real movie. It's Mark Campbell, but then there's sure. like the animal right in the middle of there. <laughs> Maybe the only one of those that needed a fake review. Yeah, I don't know. I the have Hollow no idea. Man. That's crazy. Hollow Man could probably use some good press. It's a mean. Yeah. I haven't seen Hollow Weird Man. I always movie. mix up with Shallow Hell. <laughs> very different what? movies <laughs> I don't know in my brain I'm always like they're the same movie I'm like Hollow Man that's the one where Jack Black uh, he thinks she's skinny right yeah no different Hollow movie. Man's about like an, it's like the Invisible Man but like gritty yeah it's the Invisible Man but horny it's like yeah it's actually like not that good it's like actually like probably like one of Verhoeven's worst movies okay. I yeah I watched it. it like a month ago and it is, is it better than like, Shallow Hell really off-putting uh, I mean, Verhoeven's a better director than like Bobby Fairley or whatever, Peter Fairley <laughs> or whatever. It's like about Kevin Bacon being invisible for like two days, and that drives him insane enough to start molesting and murdering everyone that he knows. Anyway, should we wrap up this episode? Yeah. I ran out of the Patriot. We ran out of the Patriot to talk about. We had a good discussion about the Patriot. Both he built the sure. house. He kills Jason Isaacs, which is pretty cool. It's fucking awesome. Stabs Great him scene. in the neck. Yeah. My sons yeah. were better men than me. I stabbed you in the neck. My sons yeah. wouldn't do this because they're dead. You know, they would if they could, baby. It's <laughs> like a, a fully happy ending, too, because he's got his backup wife and all of his backup sons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good to have duplicates of things. That's why you only marry women that have sisters. Single sisters. Important. But, uh... What do you guys think about The Patriot? I think it's like such a good movie. <laughs> kind of like a movie I've seen like a lot of times, actually. It's a gr- it's a fun movie. It's a comfy movie. Yeah. I yeah, think I- like despite everything, Mel Gibson's a good actor and he's like a very compelling person to watch. Yeah, I think if we're doing star ratings, I think I'm sitting around like a three. Sure. That's it. Also, it feels like a movie that I've seen a bunch, but then I realized that it's just a movie that I've seen different parts of a bunch of times. I think this was the <laughs> first time I sat down and watched the whole thing straight through, like <laughs> since I was a child. Mm. It was good. It was fine. It yeah. was fine. I liked it. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, before I sat down and watched it, I predicted I was like, I'm, I'm like, this is a four star picture. This is this is a random <laughs> four star. I can call my shot from my old way. I know myself. <laughs> I've been around long enough. I watched it. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a Brandon four star as we were hitting. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. It's fucking yeah. great. Uh, yeah. It's got Mel Gibson movie star mode. He yeah. is just incredibly compelling to watch on screen. Yeah. Roland Emmerich making some of the best images he's ever put to film. He makes mm-hmm. musket battles look like the most ferocious things I've ever seen. The, there's a lot of ownage in this movie. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Isaacs is one of the most cartoonish villains you'll see in a quote unquote prestige picture because this film is it feels like at times it's it's filmed like a prestige picture. It's yeah. very much like a grimy picture. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, he's I kinda having like, like so much fun in it. He's having so much fun. He's incredible. He's the star of the movie, really. Take him and Mel. That's a, it's a twofold. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I kind of love this movie. No, it's 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 kind yeah. of fantastic. 
I think if you caught me in a better mood, I could be way higher on it. And if you caught mm. me in a worse mood, I would like hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could see myself like, being easily swayed in either <laughs> direction on this one. Is it historically sure. accurate? No. Well, uh, is there's the, no way is, of knowing. Is it, yeah, there's no way of knowing, actually. We weren't totally there. Sure. I'm not a historian. Sure. I'm just a podcaster. What do I know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it, you know, is it race politics good? Mm, you know. It, it kind of tries to dodge the question and that in and of itself, when it comes to that time period, not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it truthful with the British? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think they but did. All those things. Yeah. There's no way to know they didn't do those things. And uh, like historically, they've done awful things. So that's like fine enough yeah, to like, it's okay it to make some cartoons. Yeah. I've never watched this movie and thought to myself, oh yeah, this is a historical retelling. <laughs> I've never judged this movie as like a histor I've never thought of it as a movie that's trying to be historically accurate. Yeah. So I've never judged it against I've never judged that against it. Yeah. It's just like a goofy a historical adventure uh, revenge fic- fiction yeah. movie. Hundred percent. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. It's like we a top tier like dad Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all love Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the takeaway. Anyone yeah. that yeah. Uh, just skipped forward to the end of it. That's what we've yeah. been talking about the whole time. Good man. Got to forgive him for everything. Love it's the Mel. best. It's the best Emmerich movie because it has Mel Gibson. The others are lacking in that Mel factor. Sure. They're lacking in the Donald Logue factor, frankly, too. Yeah, Donald Logue is actually like, everyone, like all these side actors are actually like kind of great in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love it's Donald Logue. I just like seeing him on my screen in general. Yeah. Growing up watching Marriage, uh, not fucking, uh, uh, it's uh, Grounded uh, for Life, Grounded for life yeah. is yes. his TV show. Growing up watching a lot of Grounded for Life endeared mm-hmm. him and I don't know the actor's name, the actor who played, uh, it's either his brother or brother-in-law in that movie, mm-hmm. who's also in Community. Both of them, when I see them oh. in things, my heart lights up. I'm like, oh, I love seeing these fellas on my screen. <laughs> oh. No, it's just a good time at the movies. And it's, it's an easy watch. It's breezy. Mm. It doesn't feel like it's almost three hours, but it no. definitely is. If you're like hungover, absolutely watch this movie. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on and fold some laundry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, why not? Clean the room. You'll see some good shit and it's like yeah. pretty compelling. Start, you know, start caramelizing some onions at the beginning of the movie. They'll be <laughs> un by the end. They'll be burnt <laughs> shit at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Just a good time. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and bringing it to us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Speaking of good times, Charlie, what are we doing next week? Are we doing 300? Sure, we're doing 300. We're confirming (laughs) it now. Uh, We weren't sure at the beginning of the episode. I've already said it into the microphone, so it's happening. (laughs) Zack Snyder's 300, the 2006 classic starring Jerry Butts, his transition from romantic movies to actioners, completely shifted that man's life. It's for the better, as far as I'm concerned, on the screen. But until then, Michael, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Sriracha Chow, uh, You can just look for Mr. Chow. You'll find me there. You can find me at that one guy 64 You can follow the podcast at DadCore on Twitter. DadCoreCinema.club is the URL. If you're listening to this, Maybe someone sent you the file. You don't know where you got it. You can find more of it there. If you know where you got it from, just keep subscribed. Please keep listening. Review us on iTunes. I hear that helps somehow. I don't know. Please just give us five stars. Don't give us less than that. If you're going to give us less than five stars, don't even review it. Thank you. Charlie, where can we find you? 
I'm the Tumboy on Twitter.com. Wow. Creeping up on a thousand followers. Creeping up on a thousand. <laughs> Please follow oh, him. Yeah. The more people that follow him, the more promo this podcast gets when he retweets it. <laughs> uh, I'm creeping up on tumboy. 5K. I'm creeping up on 5K. Wow. You know, make wow. it 5K soon. Why not? Uh, but until next time, if I podcast, I will podcast well dressed. Bye bye. Bye.